Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Whether you are a new listener to our podcast or you've been hanging around for a long time, and if you have, bless your heart, because some of those first episodes were rough, (laughs) but (laughs) you are going to love this episode. Bridget and I chat about productivity all the time. That's, you know, the T in teaching to the top, but we've never broken it down and given you just the basics to get started until today. Yeah, but before we reveal all those basics, we're going to listen to a TSH from Steffi. Steffi says, beautiful ladies. Oh, thanks, Steffi. (laughs) First of all, thanks for every single episode. You rock. My biggest TSH, and I have 10 years of experience. I moved to fifth grade to teach science science and reading, and I'm freaking out. It's summertime here in Chile, and I keep listening to your podcast, and there are so many amazing things. I don't know where to start. What's your advice for me to organize this new challenge? I love you guys. You are amazing. We love you too. And I love that Steffi started off by saying beautiful ladies. I know. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, what y'all don't (laughs) see is, I mean, right now I have hair that I went to bed with it wet last night. So it's all over the place. And then I have my PJs with a robe over top. And I'll put it this way. When I got on (laughs) to Skype, Bridget goes, oh, you look comfy this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I did not mean that as a rude comment. I mean, I am not any better. I have the sweatshirt, sweatpants, my hair up in a bun, no makeup on. It's just... I know. It's it's just funny (laughs) because people have no idea what's happening, you know, behind the scenes. But... Steffi, honestly, I think this TSH kind of inspired the episode you're going to listen to today. And within this episode, we're going to mention a few other episodes, and that will give you kind of a place to start. And I'm also going to shout out episode 164, which we have not recorded yet, but we're recording it shortly after this one. We are going to talk about how to transition your focus during those really busy seasons of life and teaching a new grade level or a new subject area would classify as one of those kind of busier seasons. So I think episode 164 coming up will be helpful as well. That was such a non-answer to the question. It was like, well, check out this other stuff. But Bridget, what do you think? Yeah. So here are my thoughts. Um, I think you really have to consider, okay, well, what are the basics that I need to have? And I think sometimes when we go into these new positions, we really want to do all the things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when you're looking at science and reading, you need to kind of determine to yourself, what are those like big outcomes that I want my kids to have? Like, do you want to make science more hands-on? And then if you want to make it hands-on, that's really going to dictate the experiences that you give to your kids and how you present lessons to them. If it's about making sure that you're giving them lots of opportunity to read, great. Then you need to make sure that when you're planning out your day, you are really structuring it to understand how to give them more opportunities to read. So I think, you know, going back and just realigning yourself and saying, what's my why behind science and reading that I'm going to be teaching? That's a really good place to start. And I don't really know, like, does Chile have standards, like, like reading and science standards? If so, 
my suggestion is to start there and to read, reread, relook over all your standards because when you know what you're supposed to teach, it's going to make everything else so much easier. So that's my advice. <laughs> I love that. And I love that you use the word realign. Do you ever have times where you feel like a word or a phrase, or I guess it could be anything really, an item, keeps like popping back up in your life and you're like, this is, is a, a sign. sign because yesterday I recorded a podcast interview with someone and they used the uh-huh. word alignment. And I just remember when they said it, it really kind of struck me. And I was like, Ooh, I like that word. Cause I think right now, maybe, maybe that should be my word for is the that year. Your word? It That's might your be word. like aligned anyway. Yeah. Ooh, so I like you mentioned having just like the basics and going from there. I think Bridget, both you and I have tried to embrace being more of a minimalist and what y'all can't see is I'm using air quotes because we are not (laughs) full-blown minimalism we're just getting closer to it and I think a great example of this is with our clothes we've tried to pare down our closets to just Mm -hmm. the basics and having nicer versions of the basics instead of super cheap ones although I still buy a lot of my clothes on Amazon don't tell anyone but I was recently traveling and I had this moment (laughs) and it was kind of embarrassing I was getting ready to head to the airport to go home and I had on black jeans, a black t-shirt, which thankfully did have a design (laughs) in white, but then my Apple watch band is black. My phone case is black. My book bag I was wearing is black. My water bottle was black and my suitcase is all black. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. Like I know me and I know why I do it. It's so that everything just matches and look, it worked. But it was also very embarrassing because anyone who didn't know me had a lot of questions, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. And I think now I'm trying to go to like the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm like wearing more like tans and creams. I I can't do tans and creams. But here's why. And I think it just like it, it reminds me of our black and white picture that we have together that we took way back when we first started teaching on the double where like my dark hair mm. needs like light. And because I'm like much more tan and tan, I guess I don't know if my skin <laughs> color is like more tan. Yeah. Um, I need like a contrast. That whereas you have much fairer skin than I do and then your hair is much lighter and I think that black kind of really pops like for me everything starts to fade together (laughs) that makes sense and so I'm trying to push myself to do more of the tans and browns um, because it still matches with the black to be honest yeah so I can still like go back and forth but I think I'm I'm trying to get away a little bit from wearing so much black on black on black (laughs) Uh, but I do love it so I understand (laughs) So I I think what you really just said is, Michelle, you need to get out in the sun more. And I'm trying now that I live here in Texas. (laughs) You live in Texas. I'm getting a tan. I am getting a tan. Even though it's January, we've had some warm days lately. Yeah. But also, I think it's because my glasses have the little pop of black. And so it like brings that out too. But Mm -hmm. regardless, keeping just those basics brings a sense of like reduced stress. And I think it increases your motivation because you have less decisions to make and less decisions means less fatigue because making a lot of decisions is tiring. So we want to bring that sense of calm to your productivity by breaking it down to the five basic elements that you need. And we're also going to share some things to avoid along the way. 
So let's go ahead and we're going to jump in to the very first basic. Guys, get ready. It's going to blow your mind. It's having a calendar. <laughs> so here is what we believe in teaching at Teaching on the Double. We believe that you have, you need to have one planner because you have one life. So that means you need to have one calendar because you only have one life. If you're trying to structure and have multiple calendars to separate your work, to separate your home, to separate whatever else that you have going on, it's only gonna create more chaos. So we personally love to use Google Calendar. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and here's why. One, it's digital. It's gonna, it's very easy for us to be able to move things around. And if you have a paper calendar, I don't know about y'all, but I had plenty of times when I was teaching and I'm like, dang it, I forgot my calendar at home or mm -hmm. I forgot my planner at home. And it was such a frustrating day and it just made everything so much more challenging because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so having that digital component where I'm able to always make sure that it's with me, but also making sure that I can move things around just by clicking and dragging is such a beautiful and like seamless experience. Another reason we really love this is because it's easy to share. We have like a teaching on the double calendar. I know that I have a calendar with my husband. Yep. So I have a calendar with my, like, I have an executive assistant. I know it sounds fancy, but it's really not that fancy. But I have an executive assistant that I share a calendar with her. And so I have all of these abilities to be able to share calendars with people so that everybody's like on the same page. I love it when people know what's going on. <laughs> um, the other thing that you can do is color code. So like, I love that when I open up my calendar, I can see that anything that's in purple is going to be teaching on the double. I know that mm -hmm. anything that's in blue is like a personal, anything in yellow is my family. And then anything that's in a green is going to be for my other side of the business for bridging literacy. And that makes it really easy for me to open up the day and say, "Ooh, I'm really heavy like on teaching on the double today, but I need, I have a lot of things to get done on that side. We also love that you can attach to Google tasks. So if you are somebody who has those reoccurring tasks like Michelle does, I know that she puts a ton of them on there. You can attach a task to the specific day so that you know exactly when you need to complete that task. If you want to learn more about all the wonderful things that Google Calendar has for you, you can check out episode 59, Google Calendar, the what, why, and how for teachers. Steffi, that was your cue episode 59 that one's next after this <laughs> but Bridget I love the colors you mentioned and this just shows how similar we are but also different at the same time obviously <laughs> teaching on the double is purple for me as well right. because that's set in the calendar my pocket full of primary one is red because that's one of the core colors of like my right. brand which is the same for you with green and green and Oh, sorry I hit my microphone I don't know if y'all could hear that um but what's funny is you said that yellow was for your family and blue was uh -huh. personal. Uh -huh. Mine's the exact opposite. Yellow is personal for me <laughs> and blue is our like Emerson's calendar where we say if it's a trash week or trash and recycling. Stop it. I'm not even joking. That I was just so cracking funny. up <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> so moving on, we wanted to give you just a brief list of the things that need to go on your calendar. So first of all, any appointments that you have that are tied to not only a specific day, but also a specific time. 
From there, you also want to include things that are due on a specific day. Maybe it doesn't have to be in at a certain time, but it's just like a deadline. You want to make sure those things that do not have flexibility are on your calendar. You also might want to put reminders on there. So for holidays or those due dates, now you might have it as a separate calendar like event, but you can also have an event on your calendar, such as report cards do. You can trigger it to send you reminders like 30 days before or Mm -hmm. a week before. So you could structure it that way. Bridget mentioned recurring tasks. I love recurring tasks because it just helps keep me on track and not let things kind of fall through the cracks, if you will. Mm -hmm. So a good example of this, Ember, we used to give her her flea and tick treatment once a month, but she started this new one where it's every three months. And goodness knows, Mm -hmm. I would never remember when I have to give it to her. So I already have it on the calendar for the full year of when I need to give it to her. And it will automatically show up on my Google Tasks, which Bridget mentioned is connected. And I just love it. And then any birthdays or anniversaries that you want to remember, like I know I've got Bridget's birthday on mine. I even have her like spring break on my calendar so that I know when she's off. (laughs) How's that for planning ahead? (laughs) Now, you might be listening to this and going, why are y'all talking about Google Calendar and not your digital planner, which literally has calendars in it. First of all, when Bridget mentioned one calendar, one life, what we really mean by that is not having like a completely separate calendar. I personally think it's okay to have like your main calendar. And I would argue Google Calendar is that for both of us. Mm -hmm. I think it is okay to have a separate kind of more condensed calendar with just reminders of things that you already have on your main calendar or to use it for a different purpose. So within teaching, a great example of this would be Google calendars with all of those specific dates and reminders and whatnot, but your digital planner is like that whole view for your lessons. So in other words, what are you teaching on each day? It's almost like your unit planning and just having like a scope of the whole year and like, okay, unit one, we're spending 10 days. So that means we're working on it August 2nd through, you know, the 12th or whatever it is. So Bridget, maybe you can share what do you personally put onto your Google calendar versus what do you put onto your, your daily, like your digital planner? Yeah, it's interesting you were talking about that because I feel like when we were listening to or when we were reading Getting Things Done, um, David Allen talks a lot about how the calendar itself needs to be about appointments, right? It needs to be specific to that day. And so I completely agree with you. Like the only thing that I put like on my planner that's on my iPad is when I'm really planning out different types of units or activities. Like that to me is like my lesson planner and it's my whole view for what my lessons are gonna look like for the month. So that way when I go to plan them out weekly, I can see a really good scope and sequence. Excuse me. So what I do for my school is I will put like no school days, half days, any of those meetings. Um, And it's really easy because my school already uses Google Calendar. And so I can just have those turned on and off when I'm when I'm at school versus when I'm not at school. So when I come home, I just turn that calendar off by clicking on, it's like a little checkbox, right? Mm -hmm. On the left-hand side, you could just uncheck it and then everything for school will just kind of disappear from the background. So that way you don't see it. 
Yeah, I love that. And I did the same thing. My district did have a Google calendar with all the district days, but I would also go in and add days that were specific to my school. But I would also put those dates onto my digital planner because it would affect when I was teaching my lessons, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we had no school that day, I needed to know that so that I didn't plan to do a specific lesson on that day. Right. So there's where kind of that overlap comes in. Hopefully that made sense. Also, just a little hack for y'all I wanted to share within Google Calendar. We mentioned that you can share calendars. I used to have a Google Calendar for my team. So the fourth grade team had a Google Calendar where we would put dates that were specific to our team. So if we were going to have like a holiday party or something like that, and it was super helpful for keeping everyone on track. And then we would do our collaborative planning within Google Docs and you can access a little mini version of Google Calendar within that sidebar, Mm -hmm. just like with Google Tasks. I also had a special educator that worked in my room pretty much all of the time when I had the co-taught class and she needed to know like what lessons I was teaching what days. So her and I had a calendar where basically after I planned it in my digital planner, I would input here are the lessons and what I'm doing on each day. And and again, I could move things around if needed, but she had access to that. So she knew what we were doing and it was super helpful. So a lot of good information so far. We're going to take a very quick break. And then when we come back, Bridget is going to start by sharing the second basic you need for your productivity. Bridget, do you know what I love? Me? Well, yes, but there are other things that I love. Chocolate? (laughs) Also, yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you because we could go on all day. I love using digital stickers. Okay. That's not as quite as exciting as chocolate, but I love them too because you can use them over and over again without repurchasing, unlike regular stickers. Exactly. Now, you can tell we love digital stickers because our store is full of them. We have teacher header stickers, monthly theme stickers, fitness stickers, and more. Yeah. And you can grab all of these or some of these. I mean, we all got to start somewhere over at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store. We even have a bundle with all the monthly theme stickers at a discounted price. So head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash store and get ready to fall in love with digital stickers just like we have. Okay, so let's head back in and let's talk about the second um, item for your productivity, and that's going to be a to-do list. So we chatted about this in January's episodes, and if you want to, you can go back and listen to 161, which is a book review of Getting Things Done by David Allen. But here's kind of like a quick summary of it. Your to-do lists need to be all in one place. And we're going to share where we suggest you keep all of those items. But no matter if you want to keep things digital, if you want to keep it on paper, you need to decide where you're going to keep it and just leave it there. Don't go back and forth between multiple different um ways of keeping your to-do list because it's going to feel very, very overwhelming. 
Um, the second thing is that your to-do list need to be broken down in a way that makes you like makes sense to you and it's less overwhelming. So we've talked a lot about how we organize our to-do list. Like for instance, Michelle and I, I think have them just a little bit different, but we still kind of have the basic pieces. We have a power list for every day. We have a future to-do list and I still kind of use a weekly and a monthly. And then I have a few others that I've been keeping since I've been listening to um, David Allen's suggestions in his book, Getting Things Done. So find a system that really works best for you and that does not feel overwhelming. And then your to-do list needs to be flexible so that you can move from task to move your tasks from list to list as needed. So you're going to find that as you kind of see your future to-dos, if you're ready to be able to move that, how are you going to decide of like crossing that off and then moving it to a different list? So we have a great suggestion for you that's going to make all of the things that we've mentioned so much easier. We do. And it's free, just like Google Calendar, which we love. (laughs) Teachers love free stuff. So we personally utilize Google Tasks for keeping to-do lists. And there are several reasons why, but just to highlight a few. First of all, it does work with Google Calendar, which we already mentioned. So you can tie those to-dos to a specific time. You can make them recurring, which saves you time. So you don't have to add those same tasks again and again. You also have the ability to create multiple lists within Google Tasks. And once you have those lists, you can move tasks from one list to another. And we're going to get into how we kind of use that in just a second. Plus, you can access, that's always such a hard word, access Mm -hmm. Google Tasks through the Google Tasks app on your phone, as well as inside of any of the other Google products. So if you have Google Drive opened up or Gmail or Google Docs or Google Slides, et cetera, there is a little arrow on the right side all the way at the bottom. You may not have noticed it before unless you were looking for it. If you click that arrow, it will expand out a sidebar. And within that sidebar, you will see little logos for Google Calendar, Google Keep, and then Google Tasks, which looks like a blue circle with a blue check mark inside. So what we love is that you can start creating these to-do lists or check items off while you're working within other Google things, which y'all know we're team Google. And this is why it just all coordinates together. So if you want more information, be sure to check out episode 087, which is called Google Tasks, the what, why, and how for teacher Steffi. Make note, that one's after Google Calendar. Okay, (laughs) you got your list for it. But essentially everything you think of that you need to do goes onto your tasks. I know that sounds like a lot, but trust me, it actually saves stress because you stress about things when you keep thinking about them again and again and again. So you've got to get it down onto your list. Now, we do recommend utilizing the two-minute rule for shorter tasks. So if it's something that can be done in two minutes or less, and you could expand that even to five or 10 minutes, depending on your schedule, just do it in that moment instead of adding it to your list. I mentioned before that you want to be able to move tasks from one list to another. So personally, what we do is we utilize three main lists. So a power list, which would be three things we want to accomplish that day, a things to do this week list. So that's around 21 tasks that we hope to have done by the end of the week. And then a future to-do list, which is basically where we put everything else. If it's not an immediate priority, it just goes on to that future to-do list. But we then shift 
tasks from one list to another. So at the start of a week, we look at our future to-dos, we pick out around 21 tasks, move them to our things to do this week list, and either the night before or the morning of a new day, we pick out three things from the things to do this week list and move them on to the power list. And if you don't have, if you think of things that as you're like working, especially if you're in the classroom and you don't necessarily have your phone right next to you, find a system for just kind of collecting and capturing all of these to-dos in one spot. So one of the things that I started doing is I, and I'm like holding it up to Michelle, like you guys can see it. It's a notebook, but she can see and vouch that I have things written on it. Right, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. I winked at her. I'm joking, guys. Um, So (laughs) what you want to do is try to capture all of these thoughts in one place that you are going to go back and reference. Here's going to be the big key here is that don't Don't leave them on that sticky note or in that notebook or on that random piece of paper that you ended up finding. Move them over to your Google digital task list. And that's just going to ensure that you have it all in one space. And I even recommend like crossing them off because that's kind of a practice that I'm doing. So I currently have like five or six things that I need to move over to my Google task this morning. Um, You also want to create some form of a review system so that you're looking at those tasks and making sure that you were on task, so, um, on track, not task. That was cute. That, that was cute didn't though. Make sense. <laughs> so what we recommend is doing some form of a weekly review. And we did chat about this in episode 161. So you guys can go back and listen and check that out. But that weekly review is just you going through It's you developing a routine of going back and checking through things and moving those tasks where you need them to go to make sure that you're getting them done. And so this can be like forming some form of a habit to basically check in with your to-do list. So it's almost like you have to schedule an appointment with your to-do list. (laughs) So that way you're ensuring that everything is on track and you're getting those things done. Right now on my to-do list on Google Tasks is a weekly review. I have it set as a recurring task. So every Sunday it pops up on my power list. And that's just when I like go through, I check my calendar, I check on my to-do list. And honestly, mm-hmm. it feels really good. I'm not going to lie. Is. It does feel It's good. exciting. <laughs> so moving on to the third basic you need for your productivity, which is a project organizer. So a lot of the tasks, quote unquote, in our lives are actually projects. And we've talked about this before, but a project is just a collection of tasks that all go together to form one larger task. You have to break these down, okay? Because otherwise it's going to be overwhelming. You have no idea where to start. You end up kind of losing track of that like end due date. And all of a sudden you have way too much to get done before that time because you didn't kind of chunk it and do it a little bit at a time. And it also makes it really hard to delegate to others. So when you can break down those projects, you're going to feel less overwhelmed. You're going to know exactly where you need to get started and what to do next. You can stay on target with those due dates and you can then start to delegate parts of the project to others. In terms of where to store the project organizer, one thing I started doing after reading Getting Things Done is I now have just a list of projects. So not the broken down version. Bridget's going to share something fantastic for that. But just a list of like, these are my ongoing projects. I have that as a list within Google Tasks. And it's just nice to kind of reference and go, okay, what's going on in my life right now? 
Yeah, but if you're looking for a way to really take a project and be able to just plan it out and break those tasks down as far as you can go, we have a template inside of our digital planner in order for you to break them down. So it's the project planning organizer. And what's so nice is that no matter if you have like the Google Slides format or if you have the tablet format, you can duplicate these pages. Um, this is available in our store. So you can go to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to check out digital planners. They are up there for the year 2023. So it's going to take you from January all the way to December. And so in this project planning, it's really organized to help kind of you think of all of the components you need to. So you can assign due dates, you can have materials, you can assign tasks. But here's the key is that once you've kind of done that brain dump, you then want to take those gas, those gas, Oh my gosh, words are hard, guys. You want to take those tasks and you want to move them into your Google task um, like checklist. David Allen mentions a lot about breaking down projects as much as you need to in order to not feel overwhelmed. And I know for me, this has always been a really big challenge. Like I know that I need to do that. And yet for some reason, I still have like write a book on my power list, which is such an overwhelming task, which is probably why I feel like incredibly anxious so much of the time. So breaking those down into little things that you can get done, like within certain timeframes. And I think adding that time frame is also really, really helpful. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to the fourth productivity basic, which is checklists. We mentioned how a lot of tasks are actually projects. So they're made up of a bunch of smaller tasks, but also a lot of the tasks we tackle come back again and again. So for example, you are lesson planning every month or every week or every day, depending on you know your system. It's fine. We don't judge. Another example of this would be planning a holiday party that comes back every year or planning the beginning of the school year. You have to do that again and again and again. So it's helpful to develop a checklist for these tasks. That way you can refer to it and know that you're not missing anything because during those really busy times, it's easy for things to kind of fall through the cracks and you forget about them. So having that checklist to refer to and knowing that once you've checked everything off, you don't need to feel stressed out. You've done it all. It's okay. And it just gives you that sense of like done and accomplishment that we all know is super satisfying. It is. It definitely is. So we're going to share a few ways um, for you to be able to store some of these. So the first one is going to be Google Keep. And this is in that toolbar on the right hand side that Michelle was talking about earlier. You can find it whenever you have any of the uh, Google Drive applications opened up. Um, and it's the one with the yellow box and the little light bulb. It is a light bulb, right? Yes, it is a light bulb. <laughs> just making sure. And so what's really nice is that you can uncheck all of the boxes with one re click to reset it. And that is such a fantastic thing, tool to use, especially if you're trying to develop a new habit, a new routine, and you need to have that visual piece and you have to reset it every single day. You can access this through the app on the sidebar, um, but you can also go to the website keep.google.com. Another way to store is going to be through the Notes app if you are an Apple user. 
you already get this notes app that's automatically downloaded onto any of your devices. And this allows you to connect it to your iCloud. So if you're working on your, your computer, then you go to your phone, everything is going to be connected and you don't have to worry about losing information. So you can always pull it up anywhere. It has a very simple design, design and it allows you to create little checkable bullets and you can unclick it and then restore those bullets as well. So it's really nice. You can just check them off and then recheck them if you need to. Um, and then it also allows you to organize any of your lists using folders. So it is a nice like folderception situation that happens there. I love that we reuse that section joke with as many things as we can. <laughs> yeah, it's that's such a great movie. <laughs> it is. It is. That was the first movie I had on Blu-ray. Remember when Blu-ray was oh all the rage? Yes, oh my gosh. Yeah. I do. So we also have some checklist templates in our digital planner. And what we love about that is they're in the same place as your lesson plan. So it's very easy to reference. And these can be used digitally as well as printed. So if you want just that paper copy where you're like, I just need to tape it up next to my desk and be able to look at it, you have that option. Within the digital planner, we do have a set of just multiple blank checklist templates all on one page, which is great because you could have like your morning routine and your afternoon routine and they can all be next to each other. But we also have a few pre-made checklists specifically for the beginning of the year, for field trips, for conferences, for the end of the year. And those are fantastic because they're super detailed. And if you don't want to go through the hassle of creating a checklist, just grab our digital planner. We've already done it for you. But just some ideas of checklists you might want to create. I already mentioned beginning of the year, field trips, end of the year, conferences. Those are all included in our digital planner. Also a lesson planning checklist, possibly a morning routine and an afternoon routine checklist. We are going to dedicate a full episode to checklists next month. I can't believe we haven't done that already. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so now the final basic that you need for your productivity is going to be a way to almost store this resource information. So we all have like stuff <laughs> that we need. And it's like not all the time that you need this stuff, but we need to be able to get to it quickly and easily when we do have to retrieve some of that information. So we call this resource information, and this includes notes, things to remember, login information, account numbers, lesson planning books and curriculum materials, temporary information like for field trips, um, because we all are probably wondering like, where in the world is the bus gonna park? Like, where am I going? I definitely always feel that anxiety when I'm heading to like a field trip, right? Oh yeah, field trips are like the most anxiety-inducing experience. It's so for stressful. <laughs> I the 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 one there was one field trip that I went on to the state capitol, and bless it, we were leaving. I was feeling good, like my my stress was coming down, and then the bus driver hit a car. <laughs> <gasps> I've never had that happen. Oh no! We were like, what is going on? So we just sat there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I've had some horrible field trips over the years. I tell about one in, in my book where I forgot my phone. We got stuck in traffic. A bus broke down. We had to stop at Domino's Pizza. Like it was a whole I, event. A I would have quit teaching after <laughs> hearing that story. <laughs> oh, but hey, it made a good story. So it does make it's a all good. Great story. 
So for your resource information, we are going to caution you to condense it as much as possible. You may not be able to store it all in one singular place, but try to keep it in as few of different places as possible. (laughs) We do love the notes app for I mean, almost everything, but specifically for resource type information, because within the notes app, you can add text, images, check boxes, which we already mentioned. You can add drawings and even PDF files. You can organize your notes into folders. Bridget mentioned that. It makes it super easy to find what you need. It's also searchable and it will search not only the text, but also like images and the files that you have in there as well. You can access it across different devices. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I left that at school. I, you know, I can't get to it. And I know Bridget, she was like, I love that it's just separate from my Google Drive. (laughs) I do. I do love that. And it's just so nice because it's like, if I know that I want notes, I'm going to go to my notes app for my references. All of my like products and things that I use for my teaching is in Google Drive. It's just separate. I know where to go. Yeah. No, I I know what you mean. It's just that feeling of like knowing what is where and where you need to find it, I guess. It all has a home. Exactly. Exactly. At the end of the day, you just need to find a system that you like and you need to stick to it. I will be honest, calling myself out here. There was a time where I had things in my notes app and Google Keep and Google Drive. And all of a sudden I'm like, Michelle, you don't need all these different copies of the same exact thing just to have it in multiple places. That's pointless. So now I keep pretty much everything in the notes app. And I just feel like it's much easier to find what I need because I know that it's all there in one place. So basically you're saying that we are Google people, but we are also Apple people. (laughs) Yes. And I think you can be both because those are different. Yes, are different. they are both. You can definitely be both. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about some things to avoid here. Number one is not staying consistent. I think that's going to be the biggest thing when it comes to any system that you create. If you are not consistent, if you are not holding yourself accountable, then you are going to fail at it. And you can't blame the system. You have to blame the user. <laughs> so make sure you are staying consi- consistent with that. Number two is having way too many tools. Just as Michelle mentioned, having too many things in every different location, it's just very overwhelming. Find one home for a specific tool or specific resource and just leave that there. And it's just going to make everything so much more seamless. Here's a Kevin quote for you. <clears throat> Why waste time? Say lot word when few word do trick. Did I, do <laughs> I love job? that episode. <laughs> Did I do a good job? <laughs> that Yes, spot on. Uncanny, truly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then number three is changing systems way too often. So I know that I have definitely been the culprit of this where I will see different people use systems online and I'm like, ooh, that's so pretty. I want to do that. Shiny object syndrome people. I definitely have that. And so try not to change those systems out. Stick with what you know. Stick with what works. And we are telling you what is working. So just listen to us at the end of the day. <laughs> So, guys, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I know that this is going to be one that we come back to time and time again, because this truly is the basics if you're really wanting to get started with 
productivity. We would love for you to head to our website, teachingonthedouble.com, check out things that we have going on there, and you can also submit your TSH, just like we did with Steffi, and we did an entire podcast episode for her. You might have another podcast episode dedicated to you. So we would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified when we drop our next episode and make sure to leave us a review over on iTunes. We really do enjoy reading all of your reviews and it just really helps us get into the ears of so many other people. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.